Let's represent on a global stage. We've chosen to be here. Lean on your brother. I need everything you got. We're the best in the world. We're going to show it to them. Oh, you know what time it is. When the light's the brightest. Leapy catch. Got it. Right on cue. He's in there. Oh, hey, hey. We got to set the tone. We got to set the tone. Biggest show on TV. Come on. Going to me with. Week seven of the right. NFL season, one game in plenty. More exciting matchups to look forward to, starting with a big one in Baltimore, RC. But the first thing I want to see is what the Baltimore Ravens are going to do in the red zone. The Baltimore Ravens the last two weeks have made the Saints red zone offense look like the greatest show on turf, not finding ways to score points. Receivers dropping footballs in the end zone. When you're playing a team like the Detroit Lions, you have to cash in on those opportunities because Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds are playing at such a high clip offensively. Jameer Gibbs back this week. If you don't score points, you can't beat them. The Lions are different. And the game of the week is Sunday night. Two five and one teams meeting in Philly. The Dolphins at the Eagles. Two a tongue of Iloa leads the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns. Raheem Mostert leads in rushing yards. Tyreek Hill leads in receiving yards and touchdowns. The Finns number one offense going up against that traditionally tough Philly front and a very salty team coming off their first loss since the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts with three picks against the Jets. It is Friday. It is NFL Live. It is definitely Friday along with Dan Orlowski, Marcus Spears, and Ryan Clark. So Miami looking to start 6-1 and one for the first time since Dan Marino's final season in 1999. Oh, wow. It's crazy to think about that. And the Eagles defense will have its hands full on Sunday night against a Dolphins offense with his off to an historic start. Miami is averaging nearly 500 yards a game this season. No other team is even above 400. And the gap between the Finns and the next team on the list, which, by the way, happens to be the Eagles. Uh, that is the largest entering week seven of any season since the 1970 merger. Here's Nick Sirianni. You know, when you see the players develop the way they are and the schemes that they run that you respect, you got a lot of respect for the, that other coach. Uh, you know, and that's, that's that, I, I, again, ton of respect for, for Mike and, and his staff. They're doing a phenomenal job, and, you know, and they're, and they're also, they got really good players, uh, you know, which is obviously the most important thing. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have a challenge because, you know, good players, what, good coaching, and we're going to have to be on our stuff. RC, Swagoo, Dan, happy Friday. RC, what stands out to you when you look at this matchup between the Dolphins offense and the Eagles D? Yeah. Listen, it's got to be about pressure. And I'm not talking about the pressure that creates diamonds. Diamonds. I'm talking about the kind that busts pipes. Because when you look at Tua Tungavaloa, the games that he hasn't been pressured in, he's lost his freaking mind. And then the one game against the Buffalo Bills where he was sacked four times and he was pushed outside of the pocket, he wasn't as efficient. He turned the football over and they were able to put pads on him. So the Philadelphia Eagles can't allow him to stay clean. Because if you look at who they've been on the back end, they've been banged up both 
Bradbury and Slay have been out. They played a week without Blankenship, and they aren't the same team they were in the secondary as they were last year. So if they allow Tua Tungavaloa to play on time, to play through his progression, and to play comfortably, they could be in for a extremely long day. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, I've, I've had so many conversations with Dan, uh, RC, about like Tua's first read, right, in this passing game. And I think we get so enamored with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and them, their ability to push the ball down the field that we forget that this team is really unguardable when they explosive out of the backfield in the run game. And when you think about Raheem Moster, you think about the speed and how those guys are able to function out of the backfield, it only clears the picture up more for Tua Tagovailoa. We've seen him struggle when that first read is taken away, and we've talked about when he has to go to two and three. I think that first read is a byproduct of the ability to do this as well, hand the football off. And people, like, it's not the conventional play action, so I, I guess we don't talk about it that way because the offense is so different and we compare it to what they do in San Francisco. It's a different form of, obviously, the play action, but it's very explosive with the speed of these backs. I think you're going to need that element this week as well when it comes to how they are efficient offensively, but also how they hit home run balls out of the backfield as well. Uh, RC, I, I want to ask you a question when I get done with this. I, I think the most pressure is on Miami's back seven, or excuse me, Philly's back Philly. seven, not their front, because one of the secrets with Mike McDaniels is like he just takes defensive lines out of the game. I know stats-wise it says that two has been sacked six times this year. It's really one. I mean, one sack happened with like 25 seconds to go in the first half versus the Giants, obvious passing situations. And I think four of the sacks happened in the fourth quarter versus Buffalo when they were down 28 points. One of the beauties of Mike is that he just takes defensive lines out of the football games. And so the back seven, the linebackers and the safeties and corners for Philly, I think are going to have to play outstanding. My question for you is this, RC. We've seen one group do it, Buffalo. Is Philadelphia schematically capable of, of kind of redoing that and then people-wise capable of, of trying to redo it at least? Well, here is why here's why Buffalo was able to be successful with Sean McDermott's employment of the cover two, because their safeties are all pros and pro bowlers when you think of Jordan Poyer and also Micah Hyde. You don't have that same thing in Philadelphia. Right. In Philadelphia, you're playing Edmonds, you're playing Blankenship. These aren't two guys that started this year, and you have to be strong inside the numbers, and they're going to take Darius Slay and Bradbury out of the game as well. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about your slot corners, your backers, and your safeties, and if those guys can't hold up, especially Especially quickly yeah. after the snap, you're right. in trouble. Right, yeah. that is not the strength of Philly's defense. That's okay, feel, yeah. you know what? You know what's really interesting too is we were all on the same page with everything, and we all went down last week picking Philly. By the way, uh, when they were upset, but we are split uh, this week. RC, uh, RC, uh, and I have Jalen the You guys we, took Miami. Yes, we took my. What do you think about that, Dan? Yeah, I, I, I expect it to be a very good football game. Yeah. <laughs> How did we do this? That that's like a that's like a dolphin like swimming through uh, the water uh, or something. Um, I don't know what uh, that is. That, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Philadelphia's offensive line is the difference in a football game. It's the best unit outside of Miami skill players, but mm. because it's Philly in Philly, I think that helps. The only thing that scares me is that Miami's only played one game against a winning team this season, and that was Buffalo, and they. They lost by 28, but it picked them anyway. <laughs> All right, time now to look at some top storylines around the NFL. Deshaun Watson is questionable for 
of the Browns' upcoming game against the Colts. Watson has missed Cleveland's last two games due to a shoulder injury. However, Watson did practice the last two days. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski said today he wants to see how Watson's shoulder responds from the full workout he went through today before they make a decision whether to start Watson or start P.J. Walker for the second straight week. Now to New York where the Giants are listing quarterback Daniel Jones as questionable for Sunday's game against Washington due to that same neck injury. Jones suffered it week two weeks ago in the game against Miami and Tyrod Taylor started in place of Jones in last week's loss to Buffalo. Taylor would start again if Jones were unable to go. The Bears host the Raiders on Sunday. Both teams will be without their starting quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo has been ruled out as you know for Las Vegas because of a back injury. The Raiders will either turn to their veteran Brian Hoyer or their rookie Aiden O'Connell in his place. And Justin Fields has been ruled out moments ago because of a thumb injury. Undrafted rookie Tyson Fajit out of Shepherd University will make his first NFL start. We are just getting started on NFL Live. Lions red hot to start the season just as Dan predicted. Stick around to hear what Swaggoo says. Might be Jared Goss Achilles heel though. And the Chargers face off against the Chiefs on Sunday. Find out why Dano believes it is a lock that that KC D-line will have a major impact in the outcome. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Jared Goff and the Red Hot Lions offense will be in the limelight on Sunday against the tough Ravens D. Baltimore has held opposing quarterbacks to the second lowest QBR in the NFL, trailing only the Browns. And on the ground, the Lions have rushed for nine touchdowns. That ranks top three in the NFL, but the Ravens have allowed only one rushing touchdown all season. Dan Campbell spoke today ahead of Sunday's matchup between these two division leaders. I mean, we, a lot of people didn't like us two years ago. So, you know, we don't forget those. We're the same team. Um, we've just gone about our business. We hadn't changed anything. And, and uh, so, you know, we're worried about, all we care about is what our players think and the coaches and the personnel and me and Brad, and that's it. Um, and so we got a job to do, and we're just going to keep doing it. So I, can, I love how he just projects his attitude. He had salty on his T-shirt a week ago, and now he has grit on his lid today. Uh, what do the Ravens need to do defensively if they're going to slow down those gritty Lions? 
Yeah, look, the Ravens are going to need all. The Ravens are going to need better internet than what you got. Yeah, <laughs> they are. All right, so you look Hey, like I know y'all going to leave my dog alone. My dog out there, hey, okay. it'd be tough out there in the boo docks, in the bougie places <laughs> where Swagoo can afford to yeah. live. Right, right, because you've never had internet problems, RC, so that's really good, you know. Maybe never. If, maybe if y'all hung out in Bristol with Dan, you know, a little more. You just got to get into the garage. Okay. You just got to get wifey into the garage. <laughs> All right, Swagoo, we're, we're ready. Ready for you. We're ready for you, my friend. All right. Lions defense. Okay. Am I back? Okay. Yes. Good. Good. Look, I'm I'm a I'm a lock in. I'm gonna try to do this fast so I don't buzz out again. Roquan <laughs> Smith and Patrick Queen are the keys to having success against this offense. And it's how fast they diagnose run pass, number one. And when you are getting the run game, you gotta come up and be physical and put your hat on it. But Roquan has seen Jared Goff and the depth of your drop. It's very important against the Detroit Lions because what's behind you is closer than it appears when you start talking about the dig routes, the dudes that are crossing. And these linebackers have to be very, very, very um, um, locked in onto what is actually happening at the play fake, even in the backfield. I talked about Jared Goff last week who didn't use a lot of play action because they didn't have success running it and was still able to have success. You got two linebackers now. Roquan is a really good cover guy, understands zones, reads eyes, and Patrick Queen is a blitzer. So these two guys may be the biggest challenge that Jared Goff has had this season from an acumen standpoint and also the looks that they are going to give him by bringing Patrick Queen and sometimes Roquan up in those A-gaps to determine protection. Yeah, they do an amazing job of making you decide or try to diagnose if they're going to bring pressure with Roquan or Patrick Queen. And then they also can add Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton to that. Kyle Hamilton had a three-sack day against the Indianapolis Colts, and he absolutely wreaked havoc on that team. Defensive coordinator Mike McDonald has done an amazing job of showing pressure and dropping into coverage and then also disguising on the back end and being able to bring that one extra defender to get into the backfield. So it's going to be incumbent on offensive coordinator Ben Johnson of the Detroit Lions to keep them off balance, not allow them to know when they're going drop back or play action pass or using Jameer Gibbs, who should be back in the run game. This is going to be a masterful chess match mm -hmm. between two really good coordinators and very good players. Yeah, so let's reverse it a little bit, guys, and talk about the Lions defense. They have been dominant against the run this season. They're the first team to allow fewer than 100 rushing yards in Six straight games to begin a season since the Buccaneers the of 2020 who won the Super Bowl. I know, look at your little Lions all grown up. Uh, in their first six games, Detroit has not allowed a single player to rush for 50 yards against them. They're the first team to do that since the 2010 Steelers, wow. who also reached the Super Bowl but lost. We're not going to really dwell on that They were right really now. good, Hannah. Hannah, the 2010 Steelers were really good. I know, know. they were. We they had a very handsome safety. His name was Troy. We have first-hand knowledge of that, especially in the secondary where they were completely dominant and are now winning Emmys. I mean, what can I say? Uh, Dan, uh, <laughs> what does the tape tell you about the Lions' run defense? All right, so I'm excited to get Marcus's Marcus's perspective on this. I think that the way they challenge his offense is, is their personnel doesn't match their setup or their, their, their formation defensively. They'll get into their 4-3 personnel with 4-D linemen and 3 linebackers, but the way they present it is like 3-4 spacing. They have a guy on the center's head, two guys on the guards, 
and then one of those guys will walk off the ball. That's step number mm -hmm. one. Step number mm -hmm. two, they play two gaps, meaning their defensive linemen are not trying to get upfield versus the run. Marcus, they're just trying to hold down two gaps, press, and then shed those guys away. That's in their base defense. Then they do a really good job in their nickel defense. So again, seven guys in the box, but one of those is gonna be that nickel defender up top in the slot of what we call pirate stunts, meaning they will slant towards the ball defensively, and then that nickel yep. is the guy that pressures off. So again, they're trying to two-gap in that stuff. There's that unblocked defender. So when they line up in that base 4-3 personnel, but give you what looks to be five-man spacing on the defensive line, Everything for us as an offense, rules change. Who's got who, it changes. You, you see that 3-4 spacing again. These guys do a really good job of playing two gaps, meaning one side of, or either side of that offensive lineman trying to block them, and they play with great leverage. There's that rookie Campbell. So I think that's the most challenging part for me, Marcus, offensively, is knowing I'm getting base defense, that four linemen, three linebacker personnel, but getting to the line of scrimmage and going, this doesn't look like 4-3 to me. Yeah, we, we they can force a scheme by line by alignment and also take away gaps pre-snap yeah. when you align like that. And also it, it creates a free hitter. The 3-4 was always designed to make sure linebackers were free and could get down into the line of scrimmage and funnel the ball to the free hitter. That's why that second clip you showed with it pushing all the way back. If you if you notice a theme in yeah. your whole tape. The ball eventually so Unlocked. late wanted to bounce outside because yeah. that's literally how the defense is designed yeah. to get you to the outside of the line of scrimmage where your free hitter can make a play. It's phenomenal. Damn, that's a phenomenal take, dude. And I've like I've been around this league for a long time and like hung my hat on playing really good defense. I've never seen a 4-3 alignment but they play three, four principles. Yeah. That is different. And it probably changes the blocking scheme for every yes. offense that they go against as well. Yep. Yeah, when we look at our picks for this one, it's really interesting because Swagoo is uh, veering in a different direction. We all have the Lions, but, but Swagoo, you're going with the home team again, just like you did with the Eagles. He, he had a couple yeah. coffee in Baltimore. Yeah. It's okay. I, it's okay. They, I, I, but, but I also think, like, these, these are the games where I think Lamar – changes the the math on everything. Yeah. Now, this could be one of those situations where he is the difference. And and remember, it's the first time Detroit going to be playing somebody like him from yeah. a defensive uh, perspective uh, mm. this year so far. I, I see. Yeah. Real, real, the, the cup of coffee, because I've had to go get my guy coffee. Yeah. It's a it's a large, it's yep. a blonde roast, it's like four splendas and then five creams. That that's the cup is that, of coffee. Is that about yeah. right? That's yeah. the cup. We yeah. drink the same coffee. Right? We drink the yeah. same coffee. That's you gotta, absolutely gotta right. Doctor it up. That's don't absolutely you? Just to get right. Get it down. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, what does all this mean for Jared Goff and fantasy this week? You know, the football part, not the coffee part. For that, we check in with AI-generated fantasy insights built with IBM Watson X. Uh, Goff has. A high projection of 19 fantasy points, which ranks 11th among quarterbacks. His low projection of 10.2 fantasy points ranks 6th among QBs. Pretty darn good. All right, still to come, uh, the Jags have won four in a row after taking down the Saints last night. Dan the man headed back to the touchscreen to break down the biggest play in this one. And you do not want to miss that. Win, 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 win. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. on ESPN and this is new on NFL Live from Adam Schefter and rejoice Eagles fans because y'all are healthy. Uh, Eagles Lane Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Carter, Darius Slay all off the injury report all expected to play Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins all hands on deck and they will need it. Okay last night Getting week seven kicked off in New Orleans. Jaguars in town. Trevor Lawrence, a lot of questions about his knee coming in. Nice hug there for head coach and Drew Brees in the house. This is in the third on a third and ten. And Derek Carr is going to get picked off by Foye Oluwakan here. Yeah, Oluwakan all over the field last night. Derek Carr really got to number three in the progression. Williams drives on the ball. Pops in the air, not only the pick, but the ability to return it for a touchdown. Yeah, more on Carr in a bit. And then this is a fourth and goal, Taysom Hill. This is a huge part of their offense. It's one of those things when they call the ball in Taysom Hill's hands, good things happen. Ah, he went for it here. Travis Etienne is stopped short. Turnover on down, Stan. Good chance for this Saints football team. They needed to make that stop against a good run game in Jacksonville. They find a way. Yep, making a late run in this one. Derek Carr to Michael Thomas, 13-yard strike. Now, I'd say that's probably the best ball of the season from Derek Carr. It's absolutely perfect to the Michael Thomas outstretched arms. And there's vintage Michael finding a way to get both feet down. But Trevor to Christian Kirk, and this was the dagger, a 44-yard touchdown. Was anybody planning on tackling him? Yeah, we thought going into the game, Christian Kirk was going to be a big part. It showed itself last night. Can't wait to break that exact play down. It just moments. What a tease, Dan. Thank All right, you. third and goal. Derek Carter, Barca Moreau, he's going to drop this one in the back of the end zone. Yeah, that was a touchdown. Tough break. I mean, uh, you can't throw it better if you're Derek Carr. Just uh, unfortunate for Foster Moreau to not come down with that one. And then, interestingly, uh, so this is the fourth and goal play. Carter, Chris Olave. And it happens too fast. It, the the yeah. ball is coming out of his hands. Chris Olave is still at the line of scrimmage. The goal line fit in the red zone right now in the NFL is terrible execution-wise. Nice job by Monterey Brown, by the way. Yes. Uh, Jaguars win 31-24. to 24. So, Dan... You promise. Let's do it. Mosey on over to the touch screen yeah. and let's see that Christian Kirk play. Again, we thought Kirk and the ability to play in the slot was going to be a big story in this game and ends up being the game winner. 
This is a play that is called All Go Special F Jerk. Now, a couple of things stand out, okay? You're going to see Trevor Lawrence at the line of scrimmage pointing right now. I'm actually going to play this for everybody full speed so they can be reminded of the play again. Christian Kirk does a fantastic job. It's the only place that they can go with the football and then the yards after the catch. So, again, Trevor Lawrence getting to the line of scrimmage and having communication of what's going on. He does a fantastic job of talking to his offensive line and Christian Kirk about the protection issues. Okay, he's pointing right now. Well, why is he pointing? The loss, the, the, excuse me, New Orleans Saints have five people up at the line of scrimmage. We only have five in protection. So what Trevor Lawrence is doing is making what we call a 5-0 call. No, the police are not coming. He's just telling offensive line, you have those five of the defensive line. Now he's pointing to Christian Kirk saying, hey, if Teron Matthew pressures, we're hot, okay? We have to be responsible for that. So understanding is exactly what the defense is trying to do. Now, again, the play is called all go special F jerk. What does that mean? We have four verticals. There's a vertical here. We have the crossing seam, a seam route, a go route, and then the F jerk is going to be Christian Kirk. He's going to try to fake two different routes and then come underneath. Now, the read for Trevor Lawrence is very simple, okay? If the safety right here decided to come down to the middle of the field, he would really work the go route to the crossing seam. But as the play plays, that safety really doesn't do anything. He just hangs there. Both the go route and the seam, they're dead now. So then you go, okay, well, I could get to number three, this seam up top. But that's dead versus man coverage and that safety. And then the go route with the off corner is dead. So there's nowhere to throw the ball outside of Christian Kirk. Let's go to the jerk route. I want to teach everybody a little bit about the jerk route. Three things happen, okay? Number one, slow. Number two, sudden. Number three, separate. Number one, slow off the line of scrimmage. This guy, Teron Matthew, is going to play you in man. You're trying to get him in a doubt phase of exactly what you're doing. So the slow hop off the line of scrimmage by Christian Kirk is huge. Now you want to be sudden in going this direction. You're trying to get Teron Matthew to think, here comes a shallow cross to get him running that way, okay? And then the sudden again is trying to now put your foot in the ground to make Teron Matthew think, oh no, he's going back to the sideline. So slow, sudden, and then separate. Here's the most important part. When Christian Kirk goes back to the field, you can't be too close to Teron Matthew. If you are, he's going to be able to hug you, grab you, be physical with you. Just that one yard of separation allows the distance from that guy to the defender to not be touched, and then there's the ability to yards after the catch with Christian Kirk. All those special F-jerk is a notorious Saints play with Sean Payton. It's fascinating <laughs> that Doug Peterson and the Jags basically use it to end the game, yeah. but the details they operated with when it came to that route running was spectacular by Christian Kirk. Yeah, that's so ironic, isn't it? And no boy, doubt. it seems like a long time ago that Sean Payton and Drew Brees were a at the time. helm there. Offensively, so, yeah. Whew, let's go more to the Saints side of things. It was a struggle for Derek Carr, especially on third down. Carr attempted 14 passing attempts on third down. Only one of those passes gained a first down. One. He is the first quarterback over the last quarter century to attempt at least 14 passes on third down and gain one or fewer first downs. RC, what are the biggest issues you're seeing with the Saints right now? Well, I think the first thing is that even with 2020 vision, you don't know who the Saints are because they don't have any identity. Yeah. The Saints are a team that is searching to figure out who they want to be, especially as a passing unit. When you look at the creativity or lack thereof in their pass game, it shows up, right? That you know exactly what Michael Thomas is going to run. You know exactly what Chris Olave is going to run about by where he's lined up. And then when you think about third down, it's always, hey, just go beat the guy standing across from you. Derek Carr, you figure out where to throw it. Pete Carmichael has to do more. It's no longer Drew Brees at the quarterback position who has a grasp on this 
offense better than anyone in the building. It's Derek Carr trying to learn. Derek Carr trying to fill his way through. And honestly, Derek Carr kind of being Derek Carr. And so in that, you know you have to do more to help him not only complete passes, but make this offense dynamic outside of being able to throw the ball far as hell. And so when you look at what the Saints were faced with last night, it was a defense that was sticky on the back end and people that can rush. And we saw three or four of the worst fade balls I've ever seen in my life from Derek Carr. If they don't do start doing something differently, thinking more creatively, thinking more this millennium, this will be an offense that won't produce at all throughout the entire season. And they actually have good players on that mm -hmm. team. RC, I'm, a, I'm supposed to talk about defense, but I'm going to talk about offense right now. Just a little quick statement. P. Carmichael, I'm watching you. I'm watching you, brother, and you are not doing well right now. Uh -oh. And when I come for you, I'm coming for you. Trust me. All right. Let me go to this defensive side of the ball, man. Because because here, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the New Orleans Saints defense. The, 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 sack, the sacks against Trevor Lawrence really concern me not being able to get to him What's and get that? him on the ground. And Granderson has been playing well. And we know Cam Jordan. And we know the type of rush that they can create. But I think some of what Trevor Lawrence' week was like with his knee caused these guys to kind of lose their mind and play a lot of individual football. And that was concerning for me because I thought a couple of those times, as, as you see the runs here, a couple of those times you could have took advantage and put them behind the sticks and forced Jacksonville to kind of get out of their comfort zone. Now, I'm not, I'm not this boring the entire defense. They play well enough to get that offense back in the game, but I got to see this pass rush be a lot smarter than they were against Trevor mm. Lawrence, number one, yeah. and two, create some of those negative plays on early downs and get him on the ground. He was playing with a knee brace for the first time ever. He wasn't even at 100%, but I think Swagoo, you already came at P. Carmichael with that. He did. I, he I put, think a, that he was put pretty him on strong. notice. He yeah. put him on notice. Yeah, he is. He put him on notice. Definitely on notice. Man, the days of Peyton and Breeze on the same page. Oh, those were the days. All right, the Chiefs have won five straight heading into their upcoming showdown with the Chargers. RC tells us what this Chargers defense needs to do to have a chance against Patrick Mahomes. Next week, Monday Night Football in Minnesota. Brock Purdy and the Niners looking to bounce back, taking on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, and Deportes. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Time now for some Week 7 locks and keys. First, will there be any letdown for the Browns? Oh, I didn't hear that music. So special. Very uh, coming off their upset at the Niners as they visit Indy. Cleveland's defense is a force to be reckoned with. They held the Niners to 17 points, less than 110 yards each, rushing and passing. Biggest question, though, is at quarterback. Deshaun Watson is questionable. Here's Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I want to see how he responds over the next 48 hours, you know, based on that full workload that he just got. Uh, but he looked good today. I think every day uh, when you're working through something, you continue, continue to make progress every single day. P.J. Walker is the backup. All right, uh, RC, we don't know who the quarterback is, but what's a lock for this game? <laughs> Hell, we know who the quarterback is for Indianapolis, and we know he's going to be running like Thelma and Louise because when you play these Cleveland Browns, they go get after your keister. When you think about Miles Garrett and what – 
we've seen Coach Swartz do with that defense throughout the season, being able to lock up on the back end. And if you don't remember, Gardner Minshew threw three picks last week, and it should have been six. Hell, it might be eight this week with the way those boys rush. Swaku, uh, what do you have? What's the key? I need – yeah. Yeah, whoever plays quarterback, Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker, they need to be clean as the board of health like RCB in his suits on a daily basis because don't turn the football like over that. you should be I fine. Like you got a dominant defense. Uh -huh. You got people that can get after him. So don't give this game away by trying to do too much, mm. make mistakes, hold on to the football, play a clean game is the key for the Cleveland Browns. And that's the quarterback in particular, whoever is in their role. I love that. So Gardner Minshew, Thelma and Louise just driving right off a cliff. Um, we <laughs> all have the Browns in this one. <laughs> Why you got to kill him? He to die. <laughs> <laughs> not a move, <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, they were, they were happy when they drove off the cliff. What can I say? They were smiling. Uh, NFC South matchup. The Falcons are at the Bucks. Haven't lost three of four since starting the season at 2-0. Desmond Ritter, his first ever home loss through three picks against the Commanders. Bucks lost to Detroit in week six. They were held without a touchdown for the first time this season. Just two for 12 on third downs. Ooh. Um, after the game, too, they hit the road for four of their next five. So, Marcus, what's a lock in this one? Mike Evans goes over 100 because he didn't last game, and he's probably pissed off because he usually goes over 100 yards in his sleep. He has some drops in that game as well that's very uncharacteristic of Mike Evans, the receiver. I think the explosiveness of what him and Baker Mayfield has been able to do this year has really been the reason why it's been so eye-opening, and you see the Buccaneers sitting here at 3-2. and two. When everybody thought that this was a year where they are just kind of figure things out, Mike was talking about trying to get out of there, not doing a contract. He goes over 100 because he pissed off. Yeah, my key, Desmond Ritter, get rid of the butt plays. And I'll let everyone else decide if it's going to be one T or two T. But Desmond Ritter last week played really good football, but three plays. He's got to get rid of those three plays, the head-scratching, back-breaking, game-ending, silly decisions and throws. Mm. That's got to be a key for that football team. We are all uh, on the Bucks here, yeah. which is not a surprise. Their only two losses have come against Philly and Detroit. All right, let's go to the Chargers and the Chiefs AFC West matchup during Patrick Mahomes' first five seasons as the Chiefs starting quarterback Casey's defense allowed roughly 22 points per game. That's right around the league average. But look at this season and that Chiefs defense certainly the key to their five and one start. Casey has allowed fewer than 15 points per game. That is the second best in the NFL. That only trails the Niners, Dan. What do you think is a lock in this one? It is a lock that this Chargers offensive line is going to be in one-on-one -on -one pass blocking situations. And God bless America, they better do better than they did last week and so far this season. The Chiefs goal on defense is to get the third down and get all guys across the line of scrimmage and create five one-on-ones. They don't need all of them to win. They need one of them to win. Those five offensive linemen for the Chargers it is a lock. You guys are going to see one-on-ones all Sunday afternoon. Listen, you know what I need as a key? I need for the Chargers to get to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I need. can you get close to him like you were for State Farm? Act like Jake. I don't know. Dress up as him. They haven't put pressure. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> they haven't put pressure on anybody but Aiden O'Connell the entire season. I was drinking a smoothie, and it got blueberries in it, y'all. Shut up. 
Anyway, they need to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes because if they don't put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be in trouble because they don't cover the back end. Guys, it's a smoothie. I promise. Nothing's wrong with me. I didn't know it was down TV, but my eyes are watering a little bit. He had his first hit ever at ESPN. He just had that cough fest. I thought that's where he was going. Wait, that smoothie is so huge. He has been drinking that smoothie the entire show. What's in it? You should. It's blueberries. Just the blueberry smoothie? Apparently it wasn't. It's blueberries, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, and bananas okay. and almond milk. Okay. <laughs> and see, if you had been eating waffle That's fries healthy. like Swagoo, you probably wouldn't have choked during the show. That see, sounds now, like a housewife from the Orange smart County. One here? Who's hence, the smart one here? Hey, hence the size uh, of the hence the size difference. Y'all, this is important. It is National Tight Ends Day this weekend. A phrase originally coined by Jimmy G. Of course, as we know, George Kittle took it and ran with it. Yep, it's National Tight Ends Day on Sunday, which got us to thinking about some bonus video, and that would be the number one no. tight end recruit coming out of high school. Oh, God bless Playing for LSU his freshman year, the great swagger, oh, Marcus Spears. Oh, How about... Hey, he was cold though. Oh, he still has some of the best oh, hands I've ever seen. Like, oh, he was cold. Wait, you played play fullback too, right? Your freshman year? And you played defensive end. I played fullback tight end and yep, and defensive end. Yeah, athletes anonymous. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> hey, hey, the guy in the studio has no B idea of anything we're talking about, Hannah. Just leave him out of this. Oh, I know. <laughs> Here. Okay. Uh, Kelsey over under 72 yeah. and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to go over over Hannah. I, look, I'm, as much as I want to see these wide receivers be explosive, we all know who the safety valve and the big play guy is for Patrick Mahomes. He may need that at some point in this game, and it's going to be 87. He goes over 72 and a half. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes over or under 275 and a half passing yards. I got him going under, and I know what this secondary is for the um, San Los Angeles Chargers, but I do believe that Pacheco will have some success out of the backfield within this offense because all of their things will be allocated to make it sure that they try to get this run game stopped and Brandon, I mean, passing game stopped, and I think Brandon Staley will leave some room for the running back to start having some success in this. Okay, Austin Eckler over under 48 and a half rushing yards then. I'm going to go over, mm -hmm. and only reason is because I don't think 48 and a half is a lot, and Austin Eckler is always one play away from breaking a big run. He may see an explosive play in this game. I don't know when it'll happen, but it may get him up around that 40-yard 40, 40 mark. I'm not thinking he's going for 100 or anything, but I think 48 and a half is reasonable for him to go over. That's Marcus Spears. He plays offense. He plays defense. He plays basketball, probably many other sports he'd love to tell us about. He is an athlete extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen. He is the great Swagoo.
coming up the Rams, one of the surprise teams of the season. One of our guys, though, thinks the Steelers are built to knock them off. Find out who next. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFL Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. This week on Sunday NFL Countdown, before two and Jalen Battle in Philly, how a bond was formed as teammates. We'll probably see each other before the game to wish each other luck, but at the end of the day, we're, we're both trying to help our teams win. Plus, the story of the Eagles, Princess Dive, and a jacket, and Lamar Jackson, the wedding crasher. They wanted to give me a drink, but I was like, ah, oh, I'm good. <laughs> Kick off your Sunday with us, NFL Countdown, 10 a.m. Eastern, ESPN. Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered. All right, Matthew Stafford has struggled when he doesn't have the benefit of a clean pocket, ranking in the bottom five of the NFL in QBR and completion percentage when he is pressured. Now, this could be an issue because, you know, he's playing T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, the rest of that Steelers defense. They have pressured opposing quarterbacks at the sixth highest rate in the NFL. A quick note, which just uh, crossed on this game, is that Pat Fryermuth is out for the game. RC, you're a resident expert on the Steelers defense. What do they need to do to match up with that Rams O? No, I ain't no expert on this defense. This defense gave up 30 points to the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. That ain't okay. right. I'm just playing. Um, right. You know what? When you look at Woo. this, I'm, I'm playing. I'm just a joke. So, when you look at this defense, how do they match up on the back end? Whether it's Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace, um, also Patrick Peterson on the outside. How do they match up with Cooper Cup, who now coming back has again become Matthew Stafford's number one target? Mm. But you can't forget Tutu Atwell. You can't forget Puka Nakua. Mm. And you're going to have to be better outside because Kyron Williams is banged up now. And so if you don't lock up on the back end and make Matthew Stafford hold the ball to give this front opportunities to give to, to get to him, we've seen him carve defense up yeah. the entire year his elbow must be healthy Dan must be feeding him plays or something because when Matthew Stafford has an opportunity to step into a throw with conviction there hasn't been a better quarterback the entire season that's, that's saying true. a lot swagoo this man He's froze, froze again. again. What oh a piece gosh. of work, man. Okay. What a piece of work. Hey, I'm going to be honest, guys. Hey, I am so fired up. It's not mine. Because normally, like, I'm always freezing. And so, I feel good. Mine's just strong today. My Wi-Fi strong. Yours was good yesterday. It's good today. RC for the win today. And there's Look at Swag. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Am I back? You're back. You're back. So I, I mean, I don't know no what's happening today, y'all. Listen. <laughs> yes. It's Friday. The internet people the internet people said they they off work this weekend. The hell with your internet, man. We gone. We we off early. Man, Listen, boy, here, hey, here's the thing, man. Boy, your wife RC, RC brought up the great boy about Kyron Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up back. about Wi-Fi, cause yours break We're every day. Okay, we let me go. Let me go. TJ Watt. <laughs> yes. TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith. Don't let the game be close in the end. Matthew Stafford in LA. 
No run game concerns me like RC brought up, but these two have proven that they can go win a game for okay. Pittsburgh if it's went within reach towards the end. Yeah. That is the only concern I have for the uh, Rams. My comments on this game, Matt Canada, new, uh, the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Steelers offense. If you think you're going to dink and dunk your way down the field against this Rams defense, this game is going to be like Marcus's internet, a complete <laughs> blowout. Okay. Uh, Swaggoo, hey, when I'll you be look honest. At, yeah. Marcus, your internet is weaker than Phillip Rivers' ability to abstain. Real talk. It is weak. It is oh, terrible. Uh, oh, my like, goodness. It is I have the no follow-up on that one. Like, absolutely I nothing need, to I say. I need my internet worst. to go out now. I, w I wish Ryan's internet I need internet it to go out. out go out, internet. Ago. Bye, everybody. Go have out right weekend. now. Go out. <laughs>